Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crundwell, here today with the one, the only, Tab London. How are you doing? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I just had a really good class. Um, Excellent. I did. I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I do this exercise. I mean, you, you know about it, but it's an exercise mm-hmm. with um, the definition of gamer. So yes. we, I have my students. Um, I, have you done this before? I can't remember. The, the gamer exercise? Yeah. Did you, have you ever done it? Yeah. We, we build a profile. And- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite episodes and uh, or episodes, sorry. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, a semester feels like a season, it so <laughs> sure freaking does. Um, but no, it's one of my favorite exercises to do with my students and what we do is we try to build a profile for a gamer. So we I ask my students just to imagine what comes to mind when they think of a gamer. We we I ask them for physical characteristics. We're trying to get at a visual idea mm-hmm. um and then we look at old advertisements from the 70s 80s and 90s and we look at who was depicted as playing games and we see this shift from the 1970s which was more family oriented a lot of 1970s video games have like nuclear families and everyone's playing right. dad mom son daughter all that stuff and then it's in the 80s that we start seeing a shift also older people like adults there's yep. a, a guy who's 50s and 60s playing. There's a lot of young 20-year-olds. Suddenly in the 80s, we're seeing a shift from that toward young boys, uh, young white boys. It's all, virtually all of the advertisements are of white people. And in, in the 90s in particular, it's all really young white boys. And so it was really good. The conversation was good. I thought it went really well. But um, what are you What are you up to? No, I didn't have a transition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's why. That's why. Do you know what this week is? Do I know what this week is? Yeah. I know that it is uh, six, week six of the semester. It is. And I'm trying to make it through. Uh, Valentine's Day was on the 14th. It's now the 16th. I... Do you know what the episode number is? 55. No, close though. 52. 52? Yeah. Do you know how okay. many weeks in a year there are? Oh. It's our one year anniversary this week. Oh my god, that just happened by chance. It did, yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought we started Amazing. in March, but no, it was February. Oh damn, yeah, episode zero, February. So wow. So happy okay. one year. It wouldn't cheers it, to us. Right, hey, yeah. happy one year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But um, today, so one of the things when we first started this podcast a year ago. Mm-hmm. We were coming up with a list of ideas because we had, you know, we we want to talk about video games in general, our favorite games, news and stuff like that. But we were coming up with a list of ideas of, well, for the future, like what might we want to do? And you had this idea. Share it. Like, what was what was your idea? Like to go over indies, you know, to share. Yeah. Right. Like, OK, I just wanted, I was like, <laughs> is there something else I'm missing from a year ago? No, um, to share indie games that we enjoy but also to maybe on occasion take some risks and try some games that we wouldn't necessarily play um and just like highlight highlight i can't talk uh the wonderful like world of indies because i personally feel that they don't get enough attention and i think especially you were talking about bundles right because Mm -hmm. it wasn't long before then the racial the bundle for race racial justice equality i think um yep came out and we both bought that and we were like wow itchio actually uh, has 
a bunch of bundles that support these different social causes yes. and things. And we had were like, man, we have these bundles that have dozens and dozens of games in them. What are we going to do? And so you were like, why don't we like pick a random game and have the other person play it? So that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to call it Indie mm -hmm. Swap. We're going to do more in yeah. the future. And part of what's so attractive about these is that when we are in week six of the semester and it's starting to get busy <laughs> and all that, it's so much easier to play through an entire indie game yes. than like, oh, let's all play this 20-hour action game or something like that. So um, so that's what we're going to do today. Before we get to that, of course, let's talk about some news items. We're going to kind of get through this pretty quickly. Uh, there's nothing like, there's no megaton stuff like as has been happening recently, but there are some things that we wanted to talk about. One of them is Capcom has started a countdown on their site. It's just one of the standard countdown pages. It has like, at this point, I think it's like four days or two, maybe two oh. or three days. It's like pretty close. I it's haven't looked at it, so. Yeah, it popped up a few days ago and it was like a week. It was like seven days, so many hours. And that's all it is. It's just, uh, it looks like a digital clock, but there's also like a, uh, um, what's the non-digital clock? What is it called? So we're not that old, you know? <laughs> Apparently we are. What is it called? <laughs> analog. analog. Yes, thank you. Yeah, analog. Analog clock um, in there somewhere. And then at the bottom, you see like what looks like a wood finish for a desk or something. But like, that's oh. it. That's it. And so some people are saying that it looks like a Resident Evil font. I do agree, mm. but it's not like clearly Resident Evil. It looks like Resident mm -hmm. Evil-esque. So okay. some people are pointing to the fact that when the timer runs out, it's going to be an anniversary of one of the Street Fighter games. So they're thinking it's a new Street Fighter. My personal wish list, number one, would be a remake of the first Resident Evil game. I don't know. Uh. that I, I have nothing to think that any of this is true, but... <laughs> I want a remake of the first Resident Evil game like they did with 2 and 3. I thought the re those remakes were phenomenal. So the a remake of the first one in that style with that care and level of detail and all would be amazing. Number two would be, I think, Resident Evil Village DLC, which we know is coming. So part of it's mm -hmm. like kind of, kind of a gimme. Um, I'd love to see Dino Crisis remakes. I know those games weren't super popular, but I've been wanting to go back and play them for a long time. I never played them. I bought them. It's basically Resident Evil with dinosaurs, so it's combining Resident Evil with Jurassic Park. I love that. Oh, but shit. those games don't age super well. They were hard. They were really <laughs> hard. So I'm like, man, a remake would give me that opportunity to go back and play them. I'd love a remake of other, other Resident Evil games for that's been rumored for a long time. Zero, Code Veronica, as we talked about before. That one needs to be remade for some problematic representational stuff. Um, and then, of course... What should be number one, Lady D dating sim. I think that would be. Yeah. yeah. And it's that's what it, it's just. There's no options. It's just dating Lady just D. Dating Lady the D. The whole thing. <laughs> well, they should have timed it for Valentine's Day, man. Oh, that would have been. Mm. And the thing is, people would make fun of them for it, and that thing would sell like crazy. Oh, it would. Yeah. You would buy it, wouldn't you? I would even buy it. See? <laughs> You're like, I'm just curious. Yeah, I just want to see. I want to get the she stepped on me ending. Um, <laughs> I actually went to one of so um, Helena Man Mankowska is the voice, the, the face actress uh, who who played her, uh, the face model, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. and she of course has been like inundated with attention from this whole thing. And so 
I went to one of her like live um, autograph signings on Instagram uh, and it was fun. She's so funny and charming and like she loves yeah. like interacting with people and people are like writing like, please write step on me, mommy. And she's like laughing and like, oh, <laughs> she's like, I will write step on me, mommy, and I'll draw a little picture. And uh, it's so it was really, really fun. But um, Cyberpunk 2077, we won't talk <laughs> what too much What a transition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, we got to get through this. And yeah, I'm like, okay, I okay, talk okay. so much about Lady D. But mm-hmm. um, the new, the next gen upgrades just came out. They dropped pretty much out of nowhere. They were just like, oh, those next gen upgrades that we talked about a long time ago, here they are. Mm-hmm. And looking at the list, of course, it's going to have like improved graphics. Uh, but there's even going to be things like more uh, clothing and hair options there's like a it said something like hairstyle mirror mode or something which i I don't know Mm -hmm. what that means but um is there new content i don't remember i don't have the article up i didn't notice anything that was that drew attention to content right so i think it's mostly just like performance obviously the visual upgrade um i think that's what it's focusing on and it is free if you have if you bought the yes. last gen. So if you bought it on like PlayStation Four, for example, you can just go download the PlayStation Five version for free. Um, I feel like the whole Pretty Pixel crew is pretty excited about this. Both Ron and Paul held off on playing it until the next gen upgrade, and they're both talking about playing it pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. You went back and played it at one point. Do you plan on playing it again with this upgrade? I will play when there's content. The last time that I loaded up the game, there was absolutely nothing to do as far as like quests or anything. So I don't see like unless I'm going to start the story over, I don't really have much incentive to go back to it right now, especially considering that there are some pretty big games coming out that I want to get to first. So I mean, it is exciting. Like, I'm glad to see that it's there finally. Um, But I think Cyberpunk still has a ways to go for me. So there's a new game plus, isn't there? Is there? I thought there was. Because The Witcher has a new game plus, doesn't it? Yeah. But it took a while, I think, for them to implement that. Oh. If there is, I can see that being like, okay, if I could go back to the beginning with Mm -hmm. my powerful weapons and all that stuff and my ugly ass but good armor. um, Because that's one of my problems is that's one. I don't know if they fixed that, but like give us the ability to apply stats to whatever we want because I'm tired of running around looking like i don't know how to fucking dress myself yeah (laughs) fucking cowboy boots and a leather vest and i mean i people are into that look so i guess i shouldn't yeah no kink shaming but um yeah i'll I'll play eventually i'm i'm curious to see how that looks and to see if there's more traffic and because like that says they've addressed pedestrian ai issues and stuff so okay um the another so this is a bit of sad news i guess but nintendo this is according to uh, kotaku nataku the nintendo branch of kotaku um kotaku they say nintendo closing 3ds and wii u shops in 2023 and have quote no plans to offer classic content in other ways and that is sort of sad again we don't have to spend too much time on it but i just wanted to bring it up just to if you have Mm -hmm a 3ds and or a wii u and there have been games that you've been hesitant to purchase some of them the wii u in particular because that system didn't take off are expensive to buy physical copies of and there are not a lot out there again because the system wasn't successful 
but you can still get them for regular price or re uh, relatively cheap uh, digitally. So I do encourage you to take a look at some of the games if you have those systems. I just started getting back into my 3DS, so I'm like, oh shit, because they both have backwards compatibility. So I and I have to think that that's it's not a coincidence then that Nintendo literally just announced that Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, which Earthbound Beginnings was made available digitally for the Wii U for the first time ever in the West, that would have been one of the games that was going away forever, quote unquote forever, mm -hmm. until Nintendo offered it. So I almost feel like Nintendo was like, well, let's bring that to Switch first because we know people are going to throw a huge fit, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll announce, oh, by the way, we're going to stop, you know, supporting these other things. So, right, right. Uh, and also, I've seen some takes about modding. People are saying we should be supporting modding. I, I think that that's true. Like, I think a lot of these platform holders, I understand they're protecting their financial investments and they're looking at these things as as items, you know, to be sold. But they're also artifacts. They're art. Mm -hmm. And cutting off access to them is hurting a lot of people, hurting the hurting the, the medium. Yeah, I feel like there's not enough discussion about archiving video games, but just like digital text in general. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's because that's sad. Like, what all are we losing? Yeah, I mean, Kelsey Lewin of the Video Game History Foundation was talking about just that, about how like you can go to libraries and, you know, check out movies and books mm -hmm. and all these things. And libraries are able to get copies of those things video game for some reason it's different like they do have video games at museum or at uh, libraries but it's just so much harder to access them and to keep mm -hmm. them current and if you take away these digital the, this digital access you're taking away access for these kinds of institutions too so oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah unfortunate um but in a bit of good news yeah no man's sky so... more content Yes, amazing. <laughs> No Man's Sky, uh, the the Sentinel, um, what do we call it? The update, I guess. Yeah. Um, that just released uh, today, of course, out now, free on all platforms. Um, this update includes a combat overhaul. I think that's the thing that the community is most excited for. Uh, there's new enemies, uh, improved AI. There's some added lore and missions, which I think is awesome um active camo i was like damn that that changes things i'm gonna yeah. creep up on some sentinels some um there's action. buildable ai mech like what? did you watch the clip it's not. cool man um so i just wanted to share that because i still have some some love for no man's sky and i also think that like this is one of the most impressive redemption stories yeah. like Clearly, they are passionate about their game. They're passionate about putting out more and more content for this product for free. Like, mad, mad props to them, I think. Um, I don't know when I will, like, dip back into No Man's Sky. For me, that feels like a summer game. I don't know if it feels that way for you. Um, but I know that when I go back, there's going to be so much that has changed. And that's that's exciting. For sure. I definitely think it's a summer game for me because it's so objective based the way that I play it anyway. I know not everyone plays it the same way and that's one of the reasons that I, I do like it. But it's sort of Stardew Valley-esque to me in the sense that, well, okay, it is and it isn't. With Stardew Valley, it's very objective based. When I sit down to play, I have a list of things that I want to do. Some long term, right. some short term. 
but with Stardew Valley, I can I can break it up. I can say I don't have a lot of time. I'm just going to play for three. I'm going to do three days, and then mm-hmm. I then I have to put it aside. Can't really do that with No Man's Sky, and so much of it is it takes a long time. Like my goal might be to, you know, chart this whole system. That might be five planets with like two moons. You know what I mean? And I have to take off and land and find material and you know go around and name things and stuff like that mm-hmm. at least that was my draw i'm so curious now because i feel like it would be such a it's just such a different game i did go back mm-hmm. for the base building and i played some of that but even then i feel like there's just so so much out there and you mentioned like maybe this could be a game that we play as a group the pretty pixels yeah. gang you know mm-hmm. how easy is it to find people because when we played well first of all when we played you couldn't find people you unfortunately. Couldn't. <laughs> but then they did add that feature and it was like it mm-hmm. was still really hard to find people um it's got to be easier now right people there's videos of people making giant communities and everything Mm -hmm. yeah because it would be nice to just set up in a system yeah and you're all like you could have like a home base you could also have little outposts that everyone's working on individually like if i wanted to be the person responsible for mining x y and z mineral like that could be my task um you can grow stuff now like there's a lot that i think you could do with a group God, now I'm st- I'm actually starting to get excited, like by the, the idea, because like you said, we would have a system, and then what if we came together and it was like, what do mm-hmm. we need? We need, you know, gold, and I'm forgetting the other. What's the red? No, the red one's all over the place. That red ore, um, but like platinum. We need gold. We need mm-hmm. platinum. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we go. We like to the four corners of the galaxy, like you know, four <laughs> different systems, and we're right. like reporting back, like. Yeah, this system that's... has a really great deposit of, uh, you know, uranium or whatever. I can't remember if uranium is in the mm-hmm. game, but. And I know you can set up like, I don't know exactly what they're called, but little like teleportation rings. Oh, so man. I think you could have one in your base and have one on like the moon and you could just immediately zoop back and forth. Well, that there was these there were these monuments when I played when it first came out with that looked like they were transportation things. Like there were these massive monuments and then there was this like ring in the mm-hmm. center and i was like it looks like you can activate it in some way and like walk through at that point in time i don't think you could unless it was some super yeah, super know. thing but ah uh, that would be so awesome yeah maybe maybe that we should our... talk about it as um an end of the spring semester like yeah. we started up in summer because that's that's another one that has a free next gen upgrade doesn't it I believe so so we have the ps4 version i think we can get the ps5 yeah. version for free amazing you could even play it in vr ah damn that's uh. <laughs> i saw the other day someone post on reddit they got platinum and they were playing only in vr man it's like shit yeah. <laughs> that's dedication i could see myself doing that though if i if i had had my psvr or if it had supported it i guess because i think i did have it at the time i think i don't remember now it's this pandemic totally screwed my yeah sense of time what is time but, yeah what have you been playing lately? I know you've been been pretty busy. I, Halo, Halo, obviously. Maybe we should talk about that first. Yeah, I guess we should talk about <laughs> Halo. Um, Halo is basically the only thing that I've been playing recently. Um, you know, hopping on with all of you, uh, you guys, and I. I can't remember even the last. What did I talk about last time I was on? But um, I don't know. Doing the weekly challenges. Uh, I was burned a little bit by the nail polish. I don't want to talk uh, about it. Uh, but uh, whenever they drop like a weapon skin, I'm like, I I gotta, I must buy. <laughs> There's a part of me is like, don't do it. Like, don't 
spend your money on weapon skins, but I like options, my dude. I like options. Um, things seem to be a little more stable as far as getting into matches and stuff like that. Like definitely with big team battle, like yeah. we were able to get into matches last night and there were five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I think that with Horizon coming out, my focus is going to be there. But Halo is something that I intend to keep keep playing and checking in on. Um, I'm not always as like impressed with the weekly like reward, but like you've talked about before, it is nice having the the challenges because then it gives you a reason to like try a variety of different things. Um, so yeah. What's your favorite mode? Have we talked about that? I don't think you've talked about that on the podcast. Have you? <laughs> My favorite mode is uh, tactical. Yeah. I I think we have talked about the fact that like when I do well, I like a mode. So like recently Mm -hmm. I've been doing really well at tactical. So I'm like, I I love that mode. It's so fun. (laughs) But man, when you don't do well at that mode, especially Uh, you just keep fucking dying like instantaneously. Just dead, dead, (laughs) dead. Turn the corner. But it reminds me of a more like classic FPS games um, and like CSGO. And I mean, it's 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 in the title. It's tactical, right? Um, I just I like that mode a lot um probably second would be fiesta um if you get in like a really solid big team battle it's one of the most exciting things because there's stuff going on all around you but it's it's like when we were playing last night and you guys were like i hate capture the flag but then you get a good capture the flag match and you're like this is my favorite thing ever (laughs) (laughs) we we had some good ones where it was the big team battle capture the flag and like it seemed like neither team was playing the fucking objective mm-hmm. and so we were like let's group up because that's that Cause is one of the five things. of us right there's five and we we should granted like with these big team battles especially we probably should stay together but it's so hard because we yeah. stay together two of us get killed we spawn halfway across the map so it's like do we wait for them do they come you know so it is hard but we were like, no one's playing the objective. So we kept getting together. As soon as if you died, you spawn, you came back to the group. And we just mm-hmm. kept pushing for the flag. And eventually we got it. And I ran it almost all the way. And like you said yesterday to me, um, you you think that like us pushing was making some of our other teammates who were probably maybe wanted to push but weren't getting any support be like, mm-hmm. maybe we should do this. So then I died. I think we all die, all five of us. Yeah. But someone was there to grab the flag and we we scored the one one point for the whole match and it was in overtime yeah. so like last second <laughs> yeah but it, it was really fun i will i do want to say about the nail polish thing just as a word of warning for people it's a yes. there's a promotion going on right now with opi um, which is a cosmetics brand and they have a crossover with xbox where they have xbox themed nail polish and mm-hmm. they're really cool really pretty yeah. And if you buy $20 worth of OPI nail polish, you get a free Halo Infinite skin. Free. Asterisk. Um, <laughs> or a free Forza skin because the marketing is very confusing. If you want to do it, the Halo skin is all of us, all all four of us, me, Tab, Paul, and Ron, are all, all were like, fuck yeah, we want that skin. It's sparkly and purple. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the promotion is so fucking poorly communicated that tab is not the only one who's done this but lots of people have accidentally or not even accidentally done the steps to get the halo skin and got sent a forza skin and then when those people and this has been reported on kotaku as well 
mm-hmm. when those people complain or like, hey, I did this for the in- Halo Infinite skin, uh, OPI or whoever the retailers are, because that's another thing. Make sure you go specifically through the retail. There's so many little things. So if you want to do mm-hmm. it, just be super careful. Make sure you're following all of the steps and make sure that you understand that you still might get screwed over because this promotion seems to be so poorly run. Yeah, and the article that I sent you this morning showed that initially some of the terms were not stated because mm-hmm. you go back through the Wayback Machine and it shows you that the language was different. Right. So they know at one point that they fucked up, but they're not doing anything to like rectify the situation. So I've bought $40 worth of nail polish <laughs> and I still won't get the skin. Right. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, part of me thinks that it's since it has blown up. Maybe if you complained, they would be like, sorry, okay, here's the Halo skin. But I purchased it and submitted my receipt last Friday. And they mm-hmm. sent me an email saying, we will contact you within 48 hours. It has been, this is day five, I think, right? Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, this is day five and haven't heard anything from them. So yeah, just be cautious. The skin is really cool. Um, the nail Not polish that anyone is really has cool. access to it yet because it doesn't come out until March. Yeah. Oh, really? Did you see that? <laughs> I thought I sent that in um one of the the clips this morning. Oh shit. Okay. Let me check real yeah. quick. I um, I saw someone in the comment section say something like, "I can't wait till it drops," and I was like, "What do you mean drops? Like they said they're gonna send you a code for it. Like so they're gonna yeah. send you a code that you put in, and then they're like, you'll get it later." Players won't be able to use the cosmetic until a game update scheduled for on or before March 1st. Okay. And that's also frustrating or a little suspicious to me because if I just spent $20 on nail polish, which granted again, very pretty nail polish. Pretty. (laughs) And then they drop it in the store for $15 and everyone (sighs) can buy it. I'm going to be so fucking mad. I'm going to be so fucking mad because then you can't get a (laughs) refund. These motherfuckers. Yeah, and then do I spend more money? Yeah. And ultimately the skin will have caught... I don't even want to think about it. Let's okay, yeah, you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been playing Halo. I finished Hitman 3. And yeah, yeah that I loved that game. So part of the reason I played it was, number one, I was looking forward to... I, I needed something to fill the gap before Horizon, like you said. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you and I have committed to doing a horizon forbidden west i don't want to call it a deep dive it's not going to be like a it's not going to be like our four hour mass impressions podcast, like, episode <laughs> yeah so that's going to be in two weeks probably yeah. if we need more time we might push it back um but we're planning on two weeks from now doing like a mm-hmm. our full impressions we're both excited we're going to really play a ton of it so um but until then i was like i want something and when we were talking about the game of the year stuff the way that you were talking about hitman i was like damn this this is it's been on my radar but like you really like pushed it up the list so i finished hitman 3 um and so i still haven't played the first hitman and i don't think i have time before horizon but i really loved it i've already talked about some missions in detail so i won't spend too much time on it but i was telling you off off mic that the last two missions in particular were pretty easy for me Mm -hmm. and i don't have a problem with that like with these kinds of games where you're meant to be this like specialist and of course you're kind of fumbling at first and making mistakes because you're new to the yeah. game, it makes sense to me that you would get better and better and better. And of course the game challenges you more and more and more. Like each mission is harder. Or there's a different twist to it that you now have to take it, take into account. Like I get all of that. But 
sometimes by the end of these games, I'm like, why am I not a badass? Like with the Metal Gear Solid games, which <laughs> I love, by the end, I'm like, you're, you've been filling my head this entire game of like, you're this super soldier, legendary, solid snake. And then I get to the end and I'm like, oh God, robot, step on me. Like, I feel like a weakling. I don't feel like a badass. Um, but the last two, last two missions of Hitman went so smoothly. And the last one in particular, the train mission seemed designed to go smoothly. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like such a badass. It was so uh, and and the la- the train mission gives you the option to either feel like a stealthy badass or a murderous badass because they yes. give you the option to use grenades, automatic weapons, all these things to just kill all of the enemies who are at that point clearly defined as bad guys. So it's not like oh a bunch of you know tourists on a train or whatever. It's like these are right. the bad guys. Um, mm-hmm. You can kill them if you need to or want to, or you can just sneak through the entire thing, and it's, and either way, they make it really accessible, really seamless. So, yeah, I really i i appreciate the recommendation because I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, that's always great to hear. Um, I'm usually hesitant about recommendations, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like my 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 glowing uh, words for that episode were probably what swayed you. Um, yeah. Do you, so we talked a little bit about this before, um, and I know we need to move on to our, our, our main course of the episode, but at the end of the day, what is your favorite level? Oh, snap. Um, I think I need to replay them because I can see that murder mystery big house one being my favorite, but the way that Mm -hmm. I played it wasn't very fun. Right. But I knew at the time I was like, I'm not playing it in a fun way. I'm I'm fumbling my way through and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think replaying them would change my my opinion. But mm-hmm. I really liked the China mission. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. my favorite, but there's so many. I mean, you're in kitchens like restaurants and like apartment buildings and an underground lab yeah all these different locations the beach and so and that one i ended up playing really well just i think sometimes it was by accident or or like i spent enough time going around and like collecting information that i knew what to do whereas with sometimes i'll get impatient because i'll see my target and i haven't figured out anything clever i don't have the right tools to do a clever kill but i'm like well there they are i can just fucking pew pew you know and then i'm gone um but with the China mission, it kind of requires you for one of the targets, especially to to do very specific, like take very specific disguises. And I mean, I'm sure there are other options, but the way that I played it all felt very natural. Um, and I had two really creative kills. Didn't kill anyone other than. Oh, that's that's a lie. The one of them, I killed the bodyguard of the one of the targets because they were with them when I kill them but okay gotcha but that one was really fun i love the nightclub one that i talked about previously with all the pumping music and you know you're going around and killing like five different agents uh who are after you that one's super fun and then i really do like the party one it was really easy the the last party one where Mm -hmm. diana's there and you dance with her and the vineyard yeah the vineyard and everything but again i think because i got really lucky with that one and I lucked into a really creative kill right off the bat. So yeah. What about you? What were your favorites? My favorite is, um, the, the, the English mansion. Um, I'm blanking on what that level is called. Uh, I just loved 
stepping in the shoes of like a detective character. Um, and I, I really encourage you to go back to that one and, and take on that persona as quickly as possible. Um, cause there's such interesting like interactions and dialogue. And obviously you're getting a different perspective because you have access to practically everything because you're basically Sherlock. Right. Yeah. Um, so that one's fun. I also enjoyed the nightclub. Um, it was, and you had mentioned this, uh, earlier when we were talking, but that idea of like, you're being chased, but you're the fucking badass, right. right? And you keep taking them down. And then you can hear on Mike that like, oh no, he got another right. one. Find him. How is he doing <laughs> it, this? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, but you brought up that uh, for one of the levels that it felt natural. I would encourage anyone listening, like if you have any interest, like try these games. If the notion of like, oh my God, there's so many possibilities for how I could kill my targets. If that's overwhelming, just know that each level for the most part is designed in such a way that you are guided. Like if yeah. you don't necessarily want to be creative or you don't know how to be creative, the world, the levels have their own, I mean, it's rhetoric, right? Like they're relaying meaning to you in the design, in the objects where like bins are placed, where you can dump bodies, like all of those things are cues for like what you could do yeah and when you overhear a mission idea there'll be a little, a little light bulb and once mm -hmm. you're done listening you can go into your menu and usually there's some tip there it'll be like well maybe yep. i need to do this so yeah there's a lot of if you want it there's a lot of scaffolding um, a lot of guidelines or guidance so and yeah. yet not overly handholdy yeah yeah like it's sure. an incredible balance i think and also also just don't i wasn't doing this um but don't be afraid to look up guides you know what i mean i mm -hmm. think that's what i was thinking was like if i had more time i'd probably play it through once on my own just to see how i did it because i like the idea or i like that feeling that i was the one you know what i mean like i i was yeah, the one yeah. who figured out you figured how to do it this. out yeah yeah but i was like my second playthrough you know or even your first playthrough who cares like look up a guide mm -hmm. to see how to do one of the fun kills because they can be they can be super fun but um but the one at that last party that the one with the vineyard <laughs> i was telling you the one kill because sometimes because you can save however you want or like whenever you want to yeah so you can just kind of like save scum it and so i would sometimes be like all right i think i might be able to kill this person here i'm gonna save and then try it and if it fails i'll just go back and i virtually never did and there was this one instance where in this mission the thing, the the way that I said it, I was I got lucky was I took this little path down at the very beginning of the level. I think you're supposed to go to the front door and go in through the front and be a, a party guest mm -hmm. and all that stuff, present your ticket. But I saw this little sign that was like danger, you know, dangerous path or something, and I was like, danger's my middle name. So I went down this little <laughs> path, and there was a a winemaker down there who was like overseeing the vineyard, and you hear him and he's like oh i gotta give a stupid tour and one of the one of the tours is the target and it doesn't say target it says the name i can't remember but i was like well obviously that's got to be one of the ways you know one of the things to do mm -hmm. and so i i knocked him out and took his clothes and sure enough like immediately you can start the tour and it's so funny because agent 47 is not good he's not a good actor you know what i mean <laughs> no like, not at all he's not like hello i'm the vineyard he's like hello Let's take the tour. Like he's he's agent and he's fucking the bar. The game the back. has on, a man. sense of humor. It does, yeah. <laughs> and so you start the tour and you're like, 
here's the ice box where if you got you're like be careful because there's no doorknob on the inside and no one can hear you scream and there's no <laughs> wi-fi signal and all this like it's very clear that that's one of the ways that you can kill them i didn't have the right tool for it so i couldn't oh, okay. so i continue the tour and we show them a couple other things and each one it's like agent 47 makes some comment about like careful because you could get pulled you know blah 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 and then there, this one, the way that I did the kill, and I didn't think it was going to work, so I saved because I'm like, this is so fucking ridiculous. There's no way. There's a giant grape press, which is this giant hydraulic press that's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, probably like 15, 20 feet in diameter. It's huge. It's a giant metal, you know, again, just this giant press that comes down and squeezes grapes and crushes them. Mm-hmm. And you can sabotage beforehand you can sabotage the controls which i did or no it didn't it didn't then never mind that was for something else but the target walks under the press and i'm like the game's not gonna let me do this is it and like you press the you can like disengage the safety feature and she does freak out she's like what are you doing but if you press it fast enough like i did i disengaged it and i pressed it fucking squished her just blood everywhere she disappeared into a red haze and no one did anything. Everyone was just like, what a terrible accident. And I got to walk <laughs> away. I was like, what? Oh, God. oh shit. End uh, of tour. Bye. Yep. Sorry. Got, got to go tend to the grapes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun stuff like that. Like, again, like that all happened so naturally. So it's absurd, but incredibly fun yeah. and often humorous. <laughs> For sure. Speaking of humorous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about these games that we played. So, yeah. I guess first we should talk about why we recommended these games. So, yes. We, yes. neither one of us had played the games that we recommended. Nope. We were just like, let's go look on itch.io, itch.io, and mm-hmm. find games that we think the other person might be interested in. So, let's talk through what about these games that, you know, made us think of the other person, or why did we think that they would be. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I chose Babysitter Bloodbath for Joey. Um, looking at the Itch.io page, um, this is a game that you can buy now for two ninety five or more. And basically, it, it it's a horror game. Um, it has this like VHS cover that it shows you um, Babysitter Bloodbath. Very kind of like, would you say 80s vibe? Oh older. yeah, for sure, eighties. Yeah, yeah, definitely eighties. Um, uh, what does it say? Look for the children. Um, and the blurb is like you take care of this kid named Billy while his parents are out, and like obviously shit hits the fan. I'll let Joey get into that. But knowing Joey, uh, and his affinity for horror and eighties stuff, I thought that this would be a great pick. Plus, also, I thought if it's good. And Joey has glowing things to say, like, this is a game that I could play in October because it it caught my eye when I bought this bundle. And I was like, oh, I'm adding that to the list. Um, So, yeah, mostly it was the horror elements, the 80s vibe. And it also sounds like a bit ridiculous Um, because, like, it says, be stalked, chased and murdered by the madman from your nightmares Use your wits and whatever tools and weapons are available. Do whatever it takes to survive the night. And looking at the graphics, I was like, this could be a doozy. So that's why I picked it for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was really happy that you did because it was on my list of games to check out. There you go. We 
had made lists of like uh, like horror games like halloween mm-hmm. games that we wanted to play yeah. for a halloween episode that we didn't end up doing but that was one that leapt out to both of us we were both like damn mm-hmm. that one looks really interesting so yeah i was i was glad that you you picked it and then <laughs> and then i played it no but before i get to that uh, yes yes the game that i picked for tab was oh where's the title's not even right there on the page that's the uh the life of saint fiona bianco zena and Tab had talked previously about wanting to check out some of the LGBTQ plus games on Itch.io. So that was where I started. I was like, let me look up some of the notable entries on there. But I wanted something that was a little bit off the beaten path because when I looked up lists of like LGBTQ games, um, Itch.io, I was getting a lot of the normal ones like right. Celeste and Arcade Spirits mm-hmm. and things that like we know of and maybe you've played or something so i was like i wanted something a little bit you know kind of again a little bit off the beaten path and when i was looking them up i I found this person's blog and they were like as soon as i loaded it up it shot straight to my game of the year list Mm -hmm. and i was looking at the reviews for the game on itch.io and like the top review says i love this game so much in my opinion this game succeeds in containing elements of catholicism in the exploration of a trans narrative using the usually transphobic religious lens to describe a queer martyr in a fictional world. And I was like, this is fucking perfect. Tab's going to love this. <laughs> the game looks weird as shit, but like this screams tab. <laughs> so that's, that's how we got to. <laughs> <laughs> this screams tab. Great. So, I'm um, going to have to rethink my relationships. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Who do you, who do you think should go first? Do you want to go first? Should oh I go first? Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? I think I will go first, and that way I'm sure you're going to be way more articulate about your game, and that will we'll end the episode on a high. <laughs> so I had never heard of this game, so when Joy picked it, I was like, all right, we'll we'll see what we see. And what you see is this, like, psychedelic, trippy screen. And there's a very colorful background. There's very loud music that's playing, um, almost sort of like choir kind of music. Um, And basically, you have these figures and objects, some of which are, like, moving on the screen. And you just use, you just use WASDA to kind of move around Um, and you can click on objects in basically any order that you want and they tell you about Saint Fiona and Saint Fiona's life. Um, So basically if I'm understanding this correctly (laughs) Saint Fiona ends up going up against this like pharmaceutical company and as part of that she's like their direct competitor And eventually through their like competition and they like go after her, she becomes this like martyr figure who has, um, who like dies protecting her, her trans followers, her trans children. That is about as much as I got out of it. Um, you used a phrase before we started recording, which was it's high art. (laughs) It's definitely high art. Um, I spent like half an hour clicking on things and mostly like you click on objects and then you read and that's basically all that you do. Um, 
one of the things that it sort of reminded me of, and I think this is where some of like the religion comes in is just like the iconography throughout the page and the various objects. And I mean, obviously it's St. Fiona. So like, there's that kind of connection. Um, the way that the, it's really hard to describe because it, it truly is just like a screen and you interact with objects on like the same page. Like there's right. not much more to that, I guess. Um, as far as its design, but it reminded me a little bit of the Stations of the Cross. So obviously the Stations of the Cross representing, um, like usually they're images that depict Jesus uh, on the day of crucifixion. And so it kind of takes you through these like sorrowful like moments and whatnot. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, I want to share with you some things directly from the game and then what other people have said to give you a better sense of kind of how like wonky this is right so there is the saint fiona bianco Zena, the essay reloaded and Ooh. this is yeah this is like part of the game um or maybe uh like a paratext of the game i guess we could consider it um but uh part of it says so so slugs are like this powerful force in the game all right okay so I'm quoting here. Slugs are a cornerstone of the St. Fiona Bianco Zena franchise. The slug is a creature so rudimentary and elegant that it lends itself to narrative caulking, filling any crack. It is a resource, a material, a slime canvas painted with the colors of life. It oozes mucus yet seems simply to be a concentrated mucus itself. As any book may tell you, the slug is a beast of supreme defense, merely seeking to exist uh, so when attacked, it becomes denser, more itself. When at peace, it exudes echoes of itself, slimy translucence. Hmm. A simple unit of reflex, yet so innocuous that people are compelled to attack it, as in the multiple cases of humans voring banana slugs and acquiring a brain-destroying parasite, such as a rat lungworm, as, it, as if in divine punishment. Far from an aesthetic whim, the slug proves itself a mostly saintly, gastropod indeed end quote wow that is like the game it <laughs> that is how information is like relayed to you it's so bizarre that i am still having a hard time wrapping my mind around it now on the one hand i understand kind of like subverting religion and because like religion can be this incredibly suppressive force and obviously it's been behind a lot of like um colonizers and things like that right? right so taking a saint and this saint being trans and this saint having trans children is kind of like taking back a narrative right but i think there's also some commentary here of like saint fiona is made into a martyr and sometimes martyrs are maybe not quite the people that we think they are and like martyrdom becomes its own thing, right? right. Like its own like force. Uh, so that's part of what I was getting as I went through St. Fiona's life story. Um, but I, I will fully admit that it has me a bit confused too because mm. <laughs> it's so out there. Right. And then you combine that with like the visual style and just how like bright and colorful and bold and trippy it is. It's definitely an experience. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to return to the opening screen. So if people look this up on itch.io, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like I was thinking as you were talking and you were talking about the visuals, I was like, well, how if we tried to literally describe what we're seeing on this opening screen, because uh, it's a browser based game. So you play it right in your browser and there's like a start screen. I don't even know how, like how I would describe this. It's a little bit like a Lisa Frank folder or like piece <laughs> of art in that there's very vibrant, wildly, like you said, psychedelic colors that create this landscape that in some ways defies definition like you you can't there looks like it looks like there's an ocean but it's so hard to tell and there's like land masses with with what look like saints um mm-hmm. and then there's like land masses that look like bodies in the lower left or something but then there's this like character who looks a little bit like a clown and is like mostly nude except for like these like sleeves and there's like arrows piercing him and he's like gesticulating and you know i'm saying he but actually i don't know the gender is unclear but they have this this like long pink ponytail that has a ball on the end that's like wildly flopping around mm-hmm. and that's just one element there's all these weird things it's so hard yes. to describe it's so it, interesting it is very hard to describe and i'm like i'm so i'm opening it up right now i hope i don't get blasted with the music um so there are like multiple figures and objects um like there's this like like a boot <laughs> the boots mm. of saint fiona and like if you click on it, it says rumored to have been worn by saint fiona during the great plagues of 1926 the boots allow their owner to dance beyond exhaustion thus reaching a new state of cautious enlightenment um, the boots are currently in the possession of Anselm Farber, Farber Finch, one of St. Fiona's most prominent biographers and author of the annual 30 Saints Under 30 list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just, it's so, so different from anything that I've ever played or interacted with before. And like the background, there's very obvious, like I said, religious symbolism. So like there's there's a picture of Jesus and there's like some some angels and some I'm guessing like apostle or disciple figures and things like that. Um, so this is like it's as if this is a space where Saint Fiona will always be remembered through the artifacts and through the things that she did. Um, and you're like you're, you're experiencing that. So we talked about this being high art do you get the sense that it is meant to be high art or do you get the sense that it's meant to be sort of tongue-in-cheek like outrageous like really just sort of trying to um that is hard to think of the word i i don't know because i don't know can you always tell with high art because what I will say Fair is enough, within yeah. what it what it is, it seems to take itself seriously. It's just that this is such like an alternate almost reality that it's way different than what we know, right? Like the mm-hmm. whole things with like slugs and how slugs are part of like hormone therapy and things like that. Like it's so unusual. Yeah, I was thinking the word I was trying to think of was provocative. And like you said, mm-hmm. sometimes high art. I yeah. think I have very limited knowledge about this, but in my limited experience, queer art in particular sometimes aims to be provocative on purpose to be you know to start conversations or to Mm -hmm. get people talking about things 
So do you think that that's part of this style is to be provocative, to be, you know, to mix something like Catholicism, one of like the very rigid mm-hmm. traditional kind of religions with lots of symbolism? Um, Potentially. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I I tried to do a little bit of digging and maybe I just didn't have enough time to do more research, but I couldn't find a lot of reaction to this game. Hmm. So I would be curious to know, like, hey, if there's a review out there, because um, obviously we found the same blog post that was mentioning like game of the year. Uh, but that's really all the coverage that I saw. That's the thing about indie games is they mm-hmm. so many of them are just truly under the radar. I know we think of indie yeah. games. A lot of people think of indie games and they think of like Stardew Valley and mm-hmm. games that, like even Minecraft, the way it started. And it's like, yeah, but there's those are that's like a top percentage successful. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but one of the things that I do love about indie games and the fact that there is not that pressure to be successful for many artists is that they can make something like this. Oh yeah, like, this absolutely. seems deeply personal. Did you get that sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm not trying to like diss on it or anything. Mm-hmm. I think I would need to spend more time with it to truly get like all of the nuance, all of the meaning in part. It's just because it's so out there that it's like, whoa, how do I begin to process this thing? But like you said, indies are amazing for that because you can experiment. You can go in directions that people wouldn't have thought of. Uh, and that's that's the power. That's the beauty in indies. Like this is something to experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so out of 10 Catholic crowns... No, I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> I was going to say out of 10 slugs, how out many slugs, slugs would you get? How many slugs? <laughs> but that's that's the thing is that's why I asked is because like one of the things about art in general is intentionality. And yes. you talk about, you know, I think as an un- when I was an undergrad, that was one of the things that my professors were always trying to, even if they weren't using that word, which I don't think they ever did, but they were trying to you know instill in us as young scholars young critics that if you're going to take art seriously then you have to you have to be aware of intentionality and and assume that everything is intentional it's not Mm -hmm. an accident that the artist chose these colors it's not an accident that the artist chose a slug instead of a koala bear or a banana you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like this game is so ripe for I'm I'm seeing stuff in this opening image that I didn't see before. I'm like, oh, there are doves. I didn't see the slug originally until you said that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just so much to pick apart that I'm like, if this is, if we are going to treat this as art, like this could potentially be a really rich uh, text. Would this be a game that you would teach in the classroom or cover in the classroom? Hmm. With proper context and framing. I feel like if this was the first game, students would be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right? Like maybe an upper level class and really dissect it. Because there are some interesting rhetorical decisions, like especially since it's not play, you click on commence worship. Right. So what does that tell you going into it along with that title screen that you're referencing? Right. What role does the player have? That's a really interesting question. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you, were you someone who was there supporting St. Fiona when she was up against the pharmaceutical company? Are you coming to this idea of St. Fiona well after St. Fiona has become a martyr? Like, you know, there there's some questions here. Yeah, I think there's, you could really get into, I mean, you would have to play it and be comfortable with the analysis because sometimes, and I think that's mm-hmm. how you can get at the distinction between 
quote unquote good art and bad art, which I know is subjective, but sure. with good art, when you explore that intentionality, there's lots of rich meaning, deep mm-hmm. meaning, sometimes hidden meaning. Um, with art that's not particularly good, there's not. You follow it and you can sort of tell that the artist maybe didn't have intention. Um, so with this, I would be super interested to get a group of, like you said, grad students together mm-hmm. and start to, you know, picking it apart. I think that would be, that would be really interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Some, gl- I'm as, as weird as it was and as like <laughs> kind of blown away. I don't know how, how would you describe how it impacted you? You were like, not bedazzled. <laughs> like you were. Bedazzled. <laughs> um blindsided or something it was just yeah, a shocking it was just experience very unexpected but yeah. unexpected isn't bad so please yeah. don't don't take it as that yeah yeah i'm I'm glad i'm glad i picked it i was a little worried because you when you sent me a first message about playing it because we were like we wanted this to be new to each other so we weren't telling mm-hmm. each other what what we were thinking but your first message you were just like i started that game and uh <laughs> I uh, don't know what I'm going to talk about. I was like, oh man, I felt kind of bad, but no, I think it's, I think it's, you know, I'm glad I picked it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm also glad that you picked babysitter bloodbath for yeah. me. Um, so babysitter bloodbath is, uh, by pig farmer games. It was designed by Benedetto Cocuza. I didn't look into that person, but I'm almost like, oh, I wonder if they're Italian. And I only say that because I've seen recently I've been seeing some like Italian horror movies that are trying to do like new interesting things. So part of me is like, is that oh, okay. part of that movement? I don't know. Hmm. Um, but when we got the bundle for racial equality, we looked through it and we were trying to pick out games that we wanted to play. This was one of the games that jumped out to me because of what you were talking about, of the same thing that you thought of me for, like the retro VHS slasher art style. I'm a huge horror fan. Some of my favorite horror fans are the old slashers. I love Nightmare on the Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, all uh, my, most mm-hmm. of the OG slasher titles from the 80s. And I just, I like campy horror movies too. Like there are mm-hmm. bad horror movies that do seem like a waste of time, but some of the old campy ones Sometimes that were, fun. <laughs> yeah, especially when they were like earnest at the time um, and they're not trying to be high art. They don't necessarily take themselves too seriously. I love that kind of stuff. So um, the cover of this game and the menu are are designed to look like a VHS cover complete with like spooky farmhouse under like a dark night, uh, dark starry sky. And we talked about our when we were doing our, our episode on favorite cover art. I discovered through that process of finding my favorite cover art that I have a thing for like spooky houses on hills. <laughs> Most of my video game cover art that I liked had like an old mansion on a hill the cover art the cover art for this game has that it's like this like you know big farmhouse where some windows are lit some of them are dark there's a full moon that's like partially obscured by clouds um there's a hand that's wielding a sharp kitchen knife covered in blood this dark red title looks written in blood and there's that caption that you mentioned look for the children which part of me is like <laughs> what does that mean like not save the children or protect look right, for just them look for them <laughs> like am i the killer what do, what am right. i doing but it seemed very cheesy, but in the best possible way. And then when I started it, uh, this in the settings, you can actually change the format from VHS to DVD. And that, oh. and you can also change the perspective from movie, 
which is multiple camera angles. So it's a little bit Resident Evil-like where the camera will sort of change based on where you're moving. Okay. Or you can just do straight up first or second per- or first or third person view. I don't know what the, the difference between VHS and DVD. The only thing I can think of is probably the film grain and static and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I went with the default, which was VHS and movie. So multiple camera angles. And there was, you know, VHS like imperfections on the screen, little fuzz and like lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I didn't notice it, but there were times where it seemed to get bad for a little bit. And I was like, oh, God, I thought it was like Silent Hill or something it was like the bad guy's coming. He's going to kill me. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just for effect. But um, the movie camera angle selection, if I had to go back and play it again, I might choose just to do first or, or third person because it got disoriented, disorienting at times when it would like suddenly shift and like the camera is like right against a wall or something so it wasn't perfect in terms of the premise you covered some of this already but you're a babysitter named sarah uh the parents of this kid leave a phone number for you and you actually do get some dialogue choices where you can say they'll be like what are you gonna do or whatever and you can be like i'm gonna study or i'm gonna have friends over but i don't remember mm-hmm. those aren't those aren't options in the game yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. something something <laughs> like that and so you do get some choices. I don't know that they impact the story very much because one of the choices later is your friend is like, are you going to call that guy? And you can be like, heck yeah, or like, no way. And I'm like, no way, stinky guys. But you have to call him to advance the story. So I, I think they give you choice, but I don't, I don't think it affects much. But um, the parents at the beginning are like, here's our phone number. And your friend gives you a phone number. So you actually do have to keep track of these numbers and like write them down Oh shit! because you're going to have to put them in on a phone later which is mm-hmm. you know manually which is kind of cool um but they leave you with the kid the kid is running around the house like a madman like literally just running through all the different rooms um the parents you say something like oh they i can't remember what the other question is but they're like do you have any questions before we leave and it's i think it's like when do i get paid or when should i put him to bed and they said, I said that one because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a responsible babysitter. Okay. Yeah, so like, when should I put course. him to bed? Yeah. And they're like, don't worry about that. He picks his own bedtime. Also, feel free to do whatever he says. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the babysitter here. If he can, right? if he's just going to order me around and I'm, and he goes to bed whenever he wants, why am I here? Feel free to do whatever he says. Feel free to. No, I can't. I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kid he's a kid he's um, a kid joey come on <laughs> but he so he's running around running around running around and i'm like i don't know so number one let me describe the look of this game it is like super pol- po- polygonal and you can change polygonal is it it's not polygonal oh. polygonal i think i'm sure polygonish no i'm just kidding but um you can change some effects you can change like the lighting effects i turned those up i turned the polygons up a little bit but I don't think it changes the overall look, which is just everything is big and blocky. It doesn't quite look like an N64 game, but it's mm-hmm. something out of that era. Everything oh, is really okay. big. Like every hallway is like inordinately wide. Every door is really big for some reason. Like everything is just, you know, very polygonal. There we go. Polygonal. That's that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, and just and and kind of blurry. Like the graphics aren't great. I think I sent a screenshot to our 
pretty pixels group chat of the faces and they just look <laughs> fucking just weird horrifying horrifying <laughs> yeah but um and also just one of the and, but in a weird way it's sort of charming so i sound like i'm like dissing on it and mm-hmm. you know maybe i am but i think it's intentional i think they did it to make it feel like an old school horror game because okay. some of it just doesn't make sense either like the way that the where like the tv is against a wall in the living room but then the couch is like against a wall that's not facing the tv it's like facing the center of the room so if you went mm-hmm. in to watch tv you'd have to sit and keep your head turned and there's nothing else in the room just the fucking couch and like the tv there is a chair on the other side of the room but it's super far away from the tv it's like that's funny it's like the again it's like early n64 games where they didn't have a lot of pixels and so they're or polygons so they're just like everything is gigantic there's not very much decorations or like anything like that but weirdly weirdly enough they're like pictures on the wall clear as day looks like a it's like real photographs it's so weird what yeah um so so that was sort of weird but then i and i don't know what to do like i'm like well what the fuck am i so i stop the kid because he's running around and i'm like hey what the fuck and he's like i want to watch tv so i'm like all right so go to the tv and it's like the knob is broken and i'm like ah this this is really some resident evil ass shit like now i gotta go find a knob and so i'm going around the whole house looking for a fucking knob because in video game language that's what it means if like the tv broke because the knob's broken you gotta find the fucking knob so i'm going around everywhere i don't even know where stuff could be i'm like clicking on stuff nothing's happening but I have to say, so it's the movie or the, the the movie. The game is quiet. There's no music, so I'm just oh. going through this house, and everything looks very silly because everything's big and polygonal, and I'm just going around like, where the fuck is this now? And occasionally, this fucking piano would play, and it would just yeah. go like, bing, 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 or whatever, and I it fucking scared me. I felt so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, why am I scared? This is, what what is this? This game is not <laughs> scary. This, there's so many games out there now that are so right. realistic and dark and detailed. And, this game is like, I'm a giant fucking polygonal person with like, you know, cone boobs. And I'm like, why am I? What the fuck am I scared of? But for some reason, because the game was so quiet and everything looked just sort of off and then just to hear this piano, because right. I'm like, is someone watching me? Fucking killers there. So that was kind of fun, but again, a little, little embarrassing. I still can't find the fucking knob, so I'm like starting to get frustrated. So I go back to the kid, and I'm like, fucking kid, where's this fucking knob? And he's like, you need the remote. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Oh. Of course. Oh, Joey. So then I have to go look for the, the knob. Um, and there are there is some cool stuff. So like I said, some of the camera work was disorienting, mm-hmm. but... You know, you go and like I, I look at the back door and it's like, oh, the back door is it's too dark out there. I don't want to go out by myself. That's what the character says. So, again, very like internal monologue, Resident Evil type of stuff, which is fun. And then I'm like, I got to go before I knew before I knew I need, needed to look for the um the remote. I checked the basement door and it was locked. But the way that you when you walk past the basement door, it cuts to a side view of the door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's going to be important. Like something's down there. And it's like a horror movie when, when, you know, like a person walks past something, the camera focuses on it and you know, like the killer is going to jump out of there or something. So I do think that they were trying to do some really interesting camera stuff, um, but I couldn't get in there. It was locked. And then there was just some silly stuff. Like I was looking for, again, this remote, I'm like, where the fuck could it be? And I go, and there's like a trash can and my character says, cool garbage can. Wish I had something to throw away. 
what? What? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever thought cool garbage can, right. especially about just like a regular old, you know, waste bin and wish I had something like, oh, man, if I could just fucking throw some garbage in that thing. Who says that? Life would be good. <laughs> I got 99 problems, but throwing garbage away ain't one. I don't know. Like, <laughs> So the kid is like stomping around and um, I, I, again, I'm like, where? And, he, and he's like, you need to find the remote. And so then I ask him again because I'm thinking, well, okay, video game logic. If I ask him again, he might say, it's over. It's in the whatever. So I ask him mm-hmm. again and he just keeps repeating. He's like, you have to find the remote. You have to find the remote. And I'm like, where? I am a babysitter. And there's going to be a bloodbath if you don't help me find this fucking remote. <laughs> so then, just to feel something, I turned on a radio because there's a radio in the dining room. Okay. And so I turn it on, and this is lo- super fucking loud music. And I don't remember what kind of music. It was just blah, 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 really loud music. So I turn it off. But then I'm walking through the house, and I swear, I just still right now don't know if this is real or not. But I swear I could fucking hear something faintly in the background. It wasn't wasn't the song that was playing. But it yeah. was this like weird industrial music or or sound. It kind of freaked me out. I I don't know I don't know what it was. I eventually when I turned the TV on, of course it went away. But like I don't know if my mind was playing tricks on me. And so my my part of my point in all of this is that like the game is very silly. It looks really bad, and the game the game design is a little bit kind of loose and not particularly good. But it was effective because I kept mm-hmm. finding reasons to freak myself out. You know what I mean? Um, even though I'm just going into this like, eh, who cares? The way the safe system in this, though, is that you find VHS tapes and then there's like a room with like a VHS player and you put the, v- you put the, TV, mm-hmm. the VHS in. And I thought there were going to be more of them, though. There were only two. So I had already used both of them. Oh, no. <laughs> around Like I used one of them around this time because I was like, I already went through all that. I don't want to go through all this again. So I used one of them. I found the remote in the kid's room, of course. Should have fucking known. Although why he would take a remote up to his room when he can't use it right. up there. Whatever. Kids. But it, I, Yeah, kids. Um, so I find it. I could turn the TV on. And it was Night of the Living Dead. And they actually showed... It was still images, but it was like, you know... They showed enough still images to make it look like it was the movie. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. And then the phone rings after I turned the TV on. And... Again, all very like classic horror tropes, slasher tropes. I go answer it and there's like this heavy breathing and like a bunch of gibberish and I couldn't make most of it out. But right at the end, he said something like, sit in your ivory tower. Don't you judge me. I see all. So part of me is like, did they really just put a bunch of random sentences together? But the sit in your ivory tower part, I was like, do they know me? Is this, do they know I'm an academic? This isn't a game that like connect, takes over your soul. Right. <laughs> when you connect, when you download the game, they find your IP and they like make a recording specially for you. I see you, Joey. Yes, that was industrial music playing in the background. <laughs> it was weird. And then my friend Jill called right after. Again, very classic horror movie thing. And I'm like, Jill, oh my God, I can't believe, why would you do that? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't call. Oh my God. So then... <laughs> kind of creepy um and that's when she's like you know jill my friend is like i think about it jack and jill but jill is like are you gonna call the guy from the mall who apparently is jack 
who she calls the guy from the mall, but then later when you talk to him, you talk you like you knew each other for a long time or something. I don't know. Don't <laughs> don't ask me. But okay. you call him because you have to, and he comes over and he's like, "Oh, you know, I'd I'd be happier if we had some liquor." And of course, you want to like be cool, so you're like, "I saw some liquor upstairs." So you go to try to get the the key for the liquor cabinet. It's locked, and this little shit, this little kid, this Billy. This seriously, this would this what the game should have been. It should have made you think that you were going to be killed, but no, you're going to kill Billy. So I'm like, Billy, I want some fucking alcohol, and he's like, I'll give you the key, but first you got to do something for me. I'm hungry. He's like, I want you to cook for me. That's what he says. And cooking for him involves finding cereal and milk and then combining them, and that's cooking. And you give it to him. <laughs> oh my god, like, Billy! Yeah, and he's like, Yay! So he gives you the key. You go and get the liquor. And then when you come back, this little shit Billy has spilled his cereal all over the place and is just sleeping on his back, <laughs> like in front of the TV. He just like <laughs> fucking sugar. He just ate like three bites and just and there's milk oh everywhere. My God, yeah, really? so you have to carry him to bed. So I carry him to bed, and then Jack comes over because he had called. Wait, the, wait, wait. wait. How old is Billy? Twenty three, I think. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I think he's. I, if I had to guess based on his blurry mess of a pixel face, like nine, eight, something okay. like that. He's not like a tiny kid, but he's not okay. Like a, with that cereal knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, knocked him the fuck out. Um. So so Jack shows up and rings the doorbell and scared Sarah, not me, because I'm a tough guy. Okay, I did not jump when the doorbell really? rang. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to make sure everyone knows that. But he comes in and he's like, "Not alone, dead, cool." So we're watching the movie, and then Sarah hears a noise in the backyard and is like, "Go check it out." And Jack's like, "No, fuck no, I'm scared." And she's like, "Well, check it out." So he agrees, and he goes out back, and then you hear a blood curdling scream, and then you know you have to go check it out. So I, you know, I go check it out. I get, I pick up as soon as I go out in the backyard. There's an axe for some reason. The, again, I don't know. This is like a suburban house and they have like yeah, a tree yeah. that's been chopped down and an axe. Like that's something mm-hmm. that you do in the suburbs. Yeah, totally. So I pick up the axe and I'm looking around the garage and there's like a garage or looking around the backyard. There's a garage that's locked. Um, and it's so hard to navigate this backyard because there's just bushes and weird places and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like a regular backyard. And again, the camera angles keep changing. So it's not like I can get a good sense of my orientation. I can't be like, oh, I'm here and I have to go there. Right. Eventually, I find Jack. who has been cut in half and like. With the axe? No, I don't think so. Maybe, okay. maybe though. But he's because I have the axe now. But he's been like, okay, okay. He's put on the fence in some way. And there was like a loud noise when you find him like. Bam, bam. And yeah, it made, it made me jump. Um, I I was a little angry about that one. That's like the third or fourth time that the game got me, and I'm like, this game is the silliest. <laughs> what the fuck? And so then, as soon as you find him, the killer appears, and like it, the screen changes to three camera angles. One camera is like over the killer's shoulder. One of them is like the normal camo- camera that was on you, and then mm-hmm. one of them is on the back door. So of course, okay. it's telling me I need to get to the back door. So I'm like, that's fine because I've been thinking that something might happen and I already in my brain, I'm like, I need to turn back, go straight, go around this little corner and then the back door is right there. 
So I feel very cool and capable. I'm like, boom, turn around. Mm, mm, mm. I see you getting closer to me, but who the fuck cares? Because guess what? Back toward back door time, baby. And I go to open and it's like, it's locked. And he killed me. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, and so I had already used both of my save VHSs. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I will. But I feel like this would be the kind of game that you would stream or you'd play with a friend. Yeah. (laughs) So then like you, the next, okay, your turn. Like you, you try to get them. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I'd have to go back and do all that stuff again. I'd have to get the remote, make the cereal, get the alcohol, get the key, all that stuff. Um, just to, like, not be sure if I can, like, what I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do. I think I'm supposed to hit him with the axe. But I tried. Like, the oh, door was locked. Okay. It didn't work. So I turn, turned around and tried to swing the axe. And he just killed me. So um, I'm, you know, I, I will go back to it. But that was my experience with the game. I do think that it was fun in that very silly way um i do wish that like maybe it had there had been some more play testing to where some sure. of some of the directives and objectives are more clear um but if you go into this with the right expectations of this is going to be like a throwback again like not exactly a pretty game not exactly a well-written game or anything like that it's just going to be silly can't be fun i think i think this could be a really fun game i just didn't get super far so i can see getting really frustrated with it basically because then if i get into the back door there's all these other locked doors in the house i'm supposed to constantly be running from him like there were times when i was going through the house where i was like i bet i'm supposed to hide there like that closet looks like a hiding closet so like, you have the sense that you're definitely supposed to be able to survive that incident, right? Like, there's more. Because that's, like, the first real indication of, like, killer in backyard. Right, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think so. But but then again, like, it's just me, the kid, and the boyfriend. And the boyfriend's dead now. So if I get back inside, am I supposed to protect Billy? Nope. I'm not doing that. Like <laughs> Billy's on his own. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably be safe passed out on the living room floor. So yeah, no, I, I carried him up to bed. He's he's fine. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. You should have uh, left him. They should have him just running around the house after that. Like once 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 the yeah. killer gets inside, he's just I'm like screaming the whole time, and you just hear him like getting closer and farther away. And so, but yeah, he I don't screams know. Was... so annoying that you'll end up killing Billy anyway. Just like get him out. of Yeah, there. you have to find a way to trap Billy in a singular room so the killer can. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Babysitter Bloodbath. Like I said, I think it's it could be a lot of fun. Um, maybe it was one of those things where if I had more time to like or or infinite continues or whatever, because I do understand the function of save points and they do increase the stakes. And with certain games, I think they work. But with a game like this, it doesn't incentivize me. It didn't incentivize me to keep playing. Knowing that I had to, I had very limited saves, and I didn't have any good indication of when I should use them. So that's what I mean. Like I wish some of the, some of the directions were a little bit more clear. But yeah, I would love to see someone stream this. I would love to play with another person. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have to look up to see if any streamers have, have played. I'm sure they have. I feel like streamers have probably played every single horror game. That's it. It seems like a janky enough game that I would have a lot of fun watching someone play and be, you know 
laughing at the game and their attempts to navigate it. I think that sounds like a great idea. So when you play it, I'll watch yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, I think that about does it for our indie swap. <laughs> this was sort of our pilot. So we are going yeah. to do with all four of us at some point. We're going to, we're going to, all four of us are going to swap games. Um, and it may take a different shape. We're still in talks about like, you know, do we want to do games that we have played or haven't played all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, we will, we will do it again next week. We have another game. We're going to do who knew that review again. And then again, if everything works out and tab and I get enough time to play horizon over these next two weeks, Mm -hmm. we'll do a horizon forbidden West episode in two weeks. So look forward to that Uh, until then. Excited. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any games or if you have any bundles from Itch.io that you that you would recommend, we're we're big fans mm-hmm. of supporting the social causes on Itch.io. So, uh, and I think we'll probably start highlighting those two a little bit more. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, because some of them are, are really good. I was looking through and there's there's a ton out there. Like I was thinking they only come ar- around every now and then. No, like there's constantly bundles out there that support um indie devs and various uh, marginalized groups and stuff so we will uh, do more of that later but if you want to recommend one of those or recommend an indie game to us pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com you can find us on social media i'm on twitter at losperman tab is on twitter at randomox and thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye